0: The Queensland Winter Carnival is heating up. Find better odds on Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858.
1: Welcome and good morning to the Sunday Betfair Edge, a special edition, a Royal Ascot edition of the Betfair Edge here on your Sunday morning right around the country. On SE and Track River, you're listening. Love to hear from you. Miles Fitzner with you for the Betfair Royal Ascot edition. Which Aussie will be crowned King of Ascot? We're about to find out. Lay or back them on Bedfair. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Well, we've got rid of Luke White. We don't We don't longer need him because Devonport Racing. Tommy Haylock, he's no longer joining us. He's down in Tasmania swanning himself at the Mona. David Taggart's no longer coming, but when we have a Royal Ascot edition, who better to get than the superstar of international form, our UK expert from Betfair himself, Rory Flanagan. Good morning to you, Rory. Good morning, Miles. Thanks for having me on. More than happy to have you in, mate. Um, Look, uh, the whole edition here, we're going to concentrate on Royal Ascot and uh, with a a real Aussie flavour at the moment, isn't it, with three horses have headed over and we expect to see them uh, with a bold showing really across uh, across the the Royal Ascot Carnival.
2: Yeah, it's nice to see some Aussie representat- representation back on the world stage after you know, relatively a few years, I think from 2003 to about 2012, we absolutely uh, demolished the joint at Ascot with the Australian Raiders. So um,
1: here's to returning to those times. Are you expecting that again? We're going to deep dive into the races separately, but are you expecting uh, we've got three horses over there? Out of the three, can we jag Can we jag two winners?
2: Uh, I'm actually quite confident uh, that of at least one. I think Nature Strip's got a massive, massive chance, and um, Artorias and Home Affairs are uh, quite good in their own right, so they've got a wide chance in an open field.
1: Uh, big show coming up. Throughout the breaks, we're going to discuss all the majors. King Stand, of course, Platinum Jubilee, uh, the Queen Anne and whatnot. But joining us very shortly, if not even pretty close, is Brad Taylor, the racing manager for Freeman Racing. Love chatting to Brad. He's insight. But I've also – well, I've got a disclaimer here because I've got myself into a little bit of strife a while ago and, and a bit of heat, Rory, because I mentioned a long time ago that, that uh, Artorius, I thought uh, – at their peaks, had more ability than Animo. I I still believe that if he stepped in a couple of those races, he would have got the chocolates. And, uh, look, hopefully Brad uh, is going to give me a little bit more on that because uh, I was his biggest supporter, Artorius. He joins us on the line. Good morning to you, Brad. Hey, boys. How are we? Good, mate. Good. Now, uh, Brad, I've got myself in some hot water. I've been Artorius' biggest supporter. Uh, the, the, The public have come for me because they all loved Animo. Now... Can you just, for the listeners out there, this horse, people have questioned why the horse has jumped on the plane, why it's gone over there, but this horse has ability that we really haven't seen. He just does a few things wrong, doesn't he?
3: Yeah, when any horse sort of misses the kick like he does and um, gets well well, back to last basically every time, um, it does cause a bit of a a few issues. um, But uh, he, he is a horse with serious ability when everything goes right and... Um, you know, if it was to click at Royal Ascot next Saturday then you know, he's gonna give them a, an a mighty shake. So mm-hmm. um no, we're uh, really happy with him. He's travelled over extremely well and he had a good look at uh Ascot well, yesterday afternoon our time and, and Friday morning um oh sorry, Friday morning their time, so overnight. Um and uh he galloped really well with race day rider Jamie Spencer on, so um yeah, we're really happy with him.
1: Before I hand you over to Rory for some, uh, some questions in regards to the race, mate, can you just tell us the process um, uh, of, of first deciding for him to go uh, and then actually getting him there?
3: Um, it was sort of, we had a bit of a discussion about it. Um, well, Sam actually brought up the idea really early at, well, at the start of this prep. Obviously, Sam spent a lot of time over there when he worked for Roger Varian. Um, so Noz has got really well, and just said, "You know, the, the straight course could really suit it. Um, you sort of got to run a really strong twelve hundred to get it, and, and that he does. You know, he's he's been out and ran third and a quarter and a courtfield guineas." So um, after sort of, missing
1: after missing the kick by three, yes, yes,
3: exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was sort of just floated around for a start, and then um, basically leading into the new. We said if he ran well, we might put him aside and, and take him. And um, obviously, he ran well without winning. Um, and so, while well, the boys had a bit of a chat with Henry, and decided that yeah, we'll we'll have a we'll have a throw at the stumps and send them over. You know, the the owners, well, especially the owners that were in him originally through us. Uh, you know, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity probably to take a horse to uh, Royal Ascot. They're all sort of five. I think the biggest owner had 10% or oh, 12.5% I think so um, and he owns a, a, a lot of horses throughout Australia with many different um, so yeah it was just a once in a lifetime opportunity for them to get over there there's 70 owners going to be at Royal Ascot next Saturday for him. so um, I'm sure they'll have a hell of a time and uh, really enjoy it.
2: So when did it come about to book Jamie Spencer for the ride because he's Famous for his, you know, patience and and riding horses at the back of the field. So when did that first come into your mind of booking him? Um, Well, Mark
3: Zara sort of had first option. Um, He's gone over there this week and didn't trust himself on day five to to not have a big week and ride the horse. So his best mates, one of his best mates is Jamie Spencer, and he sort of suggested him. And we always sort of mentioned him. Um, You know, it's hard to get a... William Buick or James Doyle and, or one of those, you know, um, or Ryan Moore, the, the Cornwall horses and, and Godolphin Goodalf, um, would have horses. So we, as you say, he's a, a good patient rider, strong, which he needs, so, and, and knows those tracks so well. So, um, yeah, we were, we were really happy to, to book Jamie for the race.
2: And in terms of another horse you had in Santa Ana Lane, what sort of similarities do you see with him and would you have ever brought him over to Ascot?
3: Santa was seriously contemplated going, um, but it was sort of first or second year of the Everest, so we decided just to keep him over, keep him here for the Everest. Um, obviously, he was a gelding, uh, and Artorias is a colt, so if he was able to win over there, he's got you know probably a dual hemisphere um, stud career, um, whereas Santa was a gelding. Um, you know, it was seriously contemplated. He was vaccinated and everything for the race, and uh, but we just yeah just took that last approach to, to keep him here running the Everest, and then we instead went to Hong Kong, which um, we just didn't get the race run to suit there. Um, both would have, both um, they're, they're different horses, but same horses. They've got a great attitude. They're easy to deal with. Um, obviously gelding in a colt uh Taurus you you know, I could give a give him to my two year old kid and, and she could lead him round, you know. Uh he's so quiet and and got such a great attitude. Um as Sam said in the media this week he's just about hard to stimulate because he's so laid back. So we thought, you know, the plane trip over there, new environment, might just stimulate him and um it seems to do that. You stayed a really good at look at Ascot and, and it was really beneficial. So um they sort of same, same, but different, really. Uh, and that's, the, you know, the Colt versus Gelding situation was probably the reason why we stayed here um, with Santa rather than went.
1: I, I filled my boots with Santa and alone in the Goodwood here, I think, at, uh, at Morfordville when he sort of weaved through and, and uh, rolled them. Brad, I, just a little bit more on notorious because uh, I'm doing my best to justify my position here. That, uh, But th- that race in the new market where rock and horse and the Astrologer stayed to the inside. You guys drew inside elected to go outside. You run on and run sick. Was there a discussion after that um, in regards to maybe that, that that was the wrong decision to go to the outside rail and um, from that inside gate, because I still believe that maybe if he, if he held to the inside fence, he probably wins that.
3: I fully agree. I think if he did stay it inside, he probably, you know, he, he goes very close to winning anyway. Um, yeah, look, it was, it was a hard run on the day. It looked like the sort of middle was probably the place to be. I still think that day they probably went a little too wide. Thought um, right on the top of the crown was probably the best place, and they were just sort of off it. Like, not far, but a couple of lengths, and that was probably the determining factor. But, um, yeah, it was a strange race. We we got it completely wrong, and and we put our hand up and said that. But um, you know that's the decision you make with the jockey before the race, and yeah, unfortunately we got it wrong on the day.
2: So after us, got you have any other races in mind playing out for the rest of the prep, or is it just run and gun and that's it?
3: Um, look, there's the July Cup, another race that would the track would probably suit him. Um, uh, so he's pencilled into head there, um, but will be dictated to by how he runs on on, uh, on next Saturday. Um, yeah, there's plenty of options. We could bring him back and have a crack at the Everest. Um, obviously, Nature's trips going back as well. So, um, yeah, we, we're we keeping all options on the table. Um, and uh, the July Cup's certainly right at the top at this stage.
1: Brad, uh, before you go, he's got to be worth a bet, surely. He's worth a bet at, the, at that price because if things go right for him, ability wise, surely he's right into this up to his neck.
3: Yeah, it's had, Sam had a good shirt to, to Jamie yesterday and said there's quite a lot of speed in the race, which is couldn't hear any better words come out of his mouth. To be honest with you, um, if he could, uh, if there's good speed and they sort of attack each other up front, and, and uh, home affairs adds to that. Um, with the locals, um, we're lucky enough. We've actually been granted permission uh, in the last forty-eight hours to be loaded last, which is a massive
0: bonus. We've um,
3: <laughs> we've done it a couple of times at Bell-Naring, uh and and changed it round. And when he it's Mark Mark Zara he's ridden him in all his jump outs and a lot of his well quite a few of his races and said when he stands in there for a long time he just loses interest and that's what he does you know. He just—he's he, a funny horse. He's easily like basically he's easily distracted, and he just loses focus, and then you've got to try and get him out. So, basically, he'll walk in, the gates will shut, and they'll be let go, which is awesome for us. And um, I'd be surprised if he's you know two or three lengths out the back, since we've been allowed to do that. It'll be different if we weren't allowed to be loaded last, but um, since we've been allowed to do that, I think it's a massive advantage to him, and um, I think with the good speed uh, and that tough last 12, you know, a couple of hundred metres at Royal Ascot. I think he's, um, I think he's well over the odds, to be honest with you.
1: Hey, Brad, music to my ears because he's one of my favourites and I've copped some fair dinkum heat. So if he wins this, I'm going to be telling everyone to get stuffed. uh, I can give you the red hot tip. Hey, appreciate your time this morning, mate. You're always very generous uh, with us. Best of luck over there. Uh, Have you got just quickly before you go, have you got something for us in the next few days for the punters, even here in Australia for us?
3: Um. Oh, if if uh, hypothetical didn't draw the outside tomorrow, Mornington should be very hard to beat. We'll m- we might scratch and just follow her. She's a pretty talented filly, and I think Set to Profit uh, is going her to her on Thursday. Blinkers on, um, really sharpened him up.
1: I think he can go back to winning form. Good on you, Brad. Thanks for your time, mate. We'll chat again soon. Cheers, guys. Brad Taylor, there, racing manager for the Freemans. Geez, Rory, that's. I like that being loaded last job. Yeah. It's going to help.
2: That's a big plus, a big plus, especially uh, because he's he's spot on when he said that when he gets loaded early, he does lose interest and he tends to flop out. So he can pick his targets if he wants to follow through the
1: race, pick up some of that pace in behind and and hopefully produce late. He's sort of a dopey sort of a cult, isn't he? You know, he can have a look around, lose a bit of interest, but... uh, Yeah, when he gets going, he's Usain Bolt. Hey, mate, what we have to do, we have to jump to a break. Uh, But which Aussie will be crowned King of Ascot? Where you can find out on the rest of this show. Lay or back them on Betfair and gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Back in a minute.
0: You're listening to a special Royal Ascot edition of the Sunday Betfair Edge with Miles Fitzner and Rory Flanagan. Which Aussie will be crowned King of Ascot? Lay or back them on Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858.
1: Which Aussie will be crowned King uh, or Queen of Royal Ascot? Uh, there might be a few, thanks to Betfair, of course. Back, lay, trade, all of it are available on the fair. Miles Fitzner, Rory Flanagan with you on your Sunday morning for a special edition. If you have timed in off the text... Rory, uh, and you can send them in, 049736736. I love Artorius. His racing pattern has denied him some chances. Hope he jumps well and flies home. I'll be watching. Samper then replied, now that I've heard that, I'm betting. <laughs> uh, Jason sent one in for a bit later. Morning, Milo. Thanks for the Belmont Quaddy. Good on you, Verox. Now, we are a racing show too. Before we get to Nate, just in the timings, just cast it in, uh, in the first. So I just want to have a little nibble here because it's Apsley Cup meeting there, Rory. My dad's president of the Apsley Cup. Uh, the absolutely race club i'm having a little each way nibble on the seven uh and a little saver on the four so each way on the seven saver on the four at casterden now rory we're going to go straight to the king stand and nature strip now can you just explain to us the timing difference for the punters with the the races in there at, like, over there in england and look we're going to be playing them all on the fair of course but what, what like what happens for you do we need to be getting up at, at a certain time to then start watching the cards? How do we sort of play it um, to start away the, the Ascot Carnival?
2: Well, if you're like me, you just give up on sleep entirely and just <laughs> every waking hour awake watching racing. Um, if you're staying up, the race is at 12.40 a.m. Melbourne time. So if you just want to stay up for the group ones, you've got the first one at 11.30 p.m., which is the Queen Anne. The Kingstand is at 12.40am, uh, and then the St. James is 40 minutes after that at, uh, at 1.20. So you can get those group ones out of the way if you're staying up for that. Uh, it's a nine-hour time difference from, from London to Melbourne. So just think of it, work back from nine hours.
1: So that's back nine hours. So everybody out there, nine hours back when you're playing. Now let's start on the Kingstand, mate. And, well, he's one of the greats we've ever seen. The horse is going to be a Hall of Famer isn't it, really? Uh, And, um, I mean, he's a genuine out-and-out superstar. You're talking just shy of $18 million in prize money. He's won 20 of 37, uh, this son of Naconee. Mate, nature strip, this is our biggest hope. Uh, The 16th of October won the Everest. Um, Look, he's that good. How are you seeing this stack up in in this race?
2: He's going to have plenty of... uh... Plenty of practice because Eduardo has been driving him nuts for the lead for the last three years. Yeah, <laughs> dead he's, right. he's going to have an extremely similar type doing the exact same thing in Golden Powell, who's just jump, run, and then paddle late when your, your legs give out. So as far as I'm concerned, Nature Strip's a, a massive winning chance. I expect him to start favorite on the, on the day. People will have one look at him in the yard and see him tower over Golden Powell, who's just this miniature you know, pony-sized ball, ball of muscle. Um, So, yeah, Nature Strip, for me, is is one of the better bets of the week. And it's just a question of him staying nice and close to Golden Pal in the run, eyeballing him, and then just giving him windburn, see you later, giving a nice queen wave on the way past.
1: Yeah, I like that. Um, Uh, We're we're currently $3.30 on bet fares, probably shortened um, since we spoke uh, earlier in the week. Um, Are you expecting that price because of being australian and and the english don't respect us uh, and they're about to and we're going to teach them a lesson um but are you expecting like you're expecting him to start favorite but do you think the money's going to come for the others and we might get he might sort of be like a 380 or a $4 favorite
2: no i think i think nature triple hold pre rock I, I he'll probably jump $3 or just under um i think I think Golden Power will, will drift quite a bit when a lot of people decide that they really want to take him on and and lay him on, on betfair which is the only place you can put a lay bet on. Um and I think he's a good he's a good candidate to lay in the run. So he's going to hit the front, he's going to be going 100 miles an hour, he'll pinch a, maybe a couple of lengths lead and you know he'll hit quite low in the run and that and that's when if you can get a lay bet on in the run and you know not have as much exposure then he's is a, a really good candidate to, to to make some money laying him.
1: Let's run through some of the others. We've Twilight Calls, Kings Lynn, uh, Mooniester. Now I've tried to have a look, so I knew what I was talking about here. Um, but it, it seems to me, Man of Promise is overs. Is, would that be fair? Yeah, definitely.
2: He's he's completely unexposed, untried at this trip. Now he's he's run on rock hard decks in Dubai the last few years. He's just a bit of a bit of a lunatic, and he likes to have a look sideways a bit. So he needs to be running close to the rail. Now if he's if he's drawn the fence here, then I'm having a good crack at him each way. If if he's if he's drawn in the open space up the middle of the track, then he's probably not worth betting because he needs that, that solid rail to keep his eye on, to keep him focused when he runs. Because if you look at his run in Dubai where he hugged the rail, he won by he beat the winner of the G one L Quaz by half the track just by hugging the rail. So that's the key for him um outside of golden Powell, major strip man of promise i i'm basically giving the rest of the field
1: absolutely none really yep. yeah well that's three horse race up, for mine i didn't think i was going to see it that well <laughs> i was sort of thought i might have found one of overseer. um all right so that's nature strip essentially is it, would it be one of your better bets of the whole carnival
2: if I'm putting if I'm putting out – if I had to put out top five bets, he's probably bet number six. So I'm pretty confident but not, you know, extremely bullish but still pretty confident.
1: That's across the whole carnival though, so that's yeah. pretty 30,
2: – 35 races across the whole carnival and he's, he's bet ranked number six.
1: So. They're going to – where does he go to in the best we've – well, one of the best we've ever seen then? If he wins here, if he wins here – Where does he go to in in the ranking of Australian horses of all time? Now, we've obviously got Black Caviar and Winks. And and then you're talking, I mean, if you want to go way back, uh, we're talking, you know, the Farlaps and these sort of things. But where does he go to in the ranking of of the best Australian horses ever?
2: See, a lot of these... A lot of these horses that are finally remembered, though, they're, they're complete punters' pals. Whereas Nature Strip, when he's heavily backed and he's odds on or he's two dollars or something like that, he tends to stink it up and, and get beat. So a lot, a lot of uh, punters that have an agenda against him as a being a reliable conveyance in, in that aspect. But if he can eclipse Redzell's prize money um, and keep adding a few group more, few more Group One wins, then then you know he's potentially going to be remembered as one of the best sprinters we've ever had outside of Black Caviar.
1: Do you know why? I did my absolute um, orchestras on him one day. Do you remember when he came to Morfordville I think it, w- it was way back, Johnny Sadler. I remember he was a Euclase, a Group 2 Euclase, and he started, I think he was sort of about, I think he was even money. Um, I had a crack at him, about $1. eighty. He jumped about $1. thirty and went under. remember did Willow get- rode him and he was back to fence and everyone went, did they get- got into Willow, they got into the horse. He went under about $1. thirty. I think.
2: Did you get rinsed by sunlight, was it, or was it? Um, no, it was it, a, pretty, or
1: it was. I think it was. I'll have a bit, and she's so high. I think I'm trying to find it here. But then he came back. After that, he swapped from Johnny Saddler to Darren Weir, and this is where he started to put them together. He he won at Flemington. Uh, then he went to the Creswick, won that. Then he won the Lightning, and he beat Sunlight in the Lightning. Then won the Group Two McEwen. Then ran eighth in the Moyer, and then he swapped from Weary, obviously to uh, to Chris Waller, and really. Since Chris Waller, what's he done? Uh, Rubiton Group Two, he was no good in the Oakley Plate. Uh, won the Galaxy, then um, what he went on and won. Ran fourth in the Concord behind Zell and Pierata. Came out, won the Moyer. Eventually fourth in the Everest with the yes, yes, yes. Santa and Lane beat him. I mean, he's a he's a proper freak, jet set freak.
2: Yeah, I think I think if he keeps, I mean, he's gelding, so they're not going to retire him to stud. So he can keep chalking up if you you know Group One wins here and there.
1: That's what we want to see. Now, mate, on the other side of this, we're going to discuss a couple of others. Um, the Prince of Wales, uh, what have we got? The St James Palace, the Queen Anne, a few on the other side of the news. Don't forget, we've got SEN Sunday Survivor as well. Pick a place getter in every race. Um, it's not up on the list where we're going today, JD. Do you know where we're going? Swan Hill, Cassidy. Do you know where it is? Survivor, Swan Hill. Swan Hill for Survivor today. Uh, So you've got plenty of time to enter. We're going to go to the news on the other side of this, discuss a few more of the group ones. Plenty more to come. Which Aussie will be crowned King of Ascot? Lay or back them on Bedfair. And as always, gamble responsibly. Make sure you get your pens ready. Rory Flanagan with more tips right after this.
0: You're listening to a special Royal Ascot edition of the Sunday Betfair Edge with Miles Fitzner and Rory Flanagan, which Aussie will be crowned King of Ascot. Lay or back them on Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858.
1: Welcome back. I'm loving this, this sort of uh, you know, cup of tea and how do you do music leading in Rory uh, for the Royal Ascot edition. It just makes me feel a little bit like well, not as ashamed for saying dance and chants like we do here in... South Australia. Uh, welcome back, Miles Fitzner, Rory Flanagan, all thanks to Betfair, which Aussie will be crowned King of Ascot. Lay or back them on Bedfair. Don't forget, Survivor starts in six minutes at Swan Hill, Survivor.com.au. The second at Devonport about to go. Uh, the 4 Fetic bell, a little bit of a nibble there after a blowout at Cassidy in the first. And we'll get a tip out for Swan Hill in about five minutes' time. Rory, time to get up to uh, a few of these others. Do you want to go to the Queen Anne um, or those other early group ones around nature Strip? Yeah, have we'll got
2: Queen Anne's the first race that kicks everything off so they they get started with a group 1 over there which is nice. Um yep. for me that's that's an an exacter straight out. Baid beats Real World and nothing else gets near the pair of them.
1: He's um, short Baid. Yeah, he he's
2: unbelievable. He is short but if you look at the history of this race, uh odds on favorites have a tremendous well tremendous record, 5 of the last 10 uh have won the race. You can look at Frankel 2012. Toronado 2014, uh, Solo 2015, Ribchester 2017, Palace Pier last year, um, odds on quotes. So um, I can't see anything, any reason why, if you if you look at the replay of what he did last time out, um, he absolutely lapped them and then Real World lapped the rest of the field behind him and Real World loves Ascot, it will improve for Ascot and he might get a little bit closer but I can't see anything getting anywhere near the pair of them. And Baid is basically touted as the world's best horse in waiting. Ooh. In waiting, he's been dubbed that by a lot of the UK presenters and media. So, oh, they do that all the time, though. This is his dance floor to show it.
1: Yeah, well, we know. Most of the SEM listeners will know Palace Pier because the ads for him standing at Dali, and you can hear that commentator, bear. you know, he does that, <laughs> <laughs> runs him out. So, well, that's it. The Queen Anne looks straightforward. What about the St. James Palace, mate? This is, we've, we've another one here that's that's reasonably short enough in, is it Soribus or Coribus? Um, Coribus. Coribus, there we go. Um, but this is the one where I thought that my Prospero, from a quick look, might have been able to actually roll this shorty.
2: Yeah, I'm still not entirely sure that that my Prospero is actually going to run because Haggis actually has Maljum from his stable as well, which won a which won a, a Guineas in Germany, so he might actually send him and, and save my Prospero for something else later on. Um, but Caribus, the the knock on him is that he's had four races in his career and they've all been at Newmarket. He's all run straight track races at Newmarket, so the St James's Palace is run around the bend. It's not run over the straight mile at Ascot. It's it's run around that bend first before they come into the straight, and he'll have never seen a straight before. So that's that's the only knock on him, and I can see a little bit of lay money coming in his direction, and he'll probably drift out a little bit in price, uh, but he's still light years better in terms of ability than, than um, anything in this field. The horses he beat in, in the 2000 guineas at Newmarket, I mean, his stablemate ran second and then went to... Ireland and bolted in in the two thousand Irish two thousand guineas over there. So I can't see anything getting near him in this race. That's why Charlie Appleby's not put any of his other horses up against him because he just he's fully confident. Normally you'll see Godolphin throw two or three horses into these group ones if they're if they're not sure who's their top candidate. But he's put him in him by his lonesome and I can't see anything that's got the ability or the turn of foot to match him.
1: All right, let's uh, let's go to the Prince of Wales. Is that the next one? Do you want to look at Prince yeah. of Wales?
2: So the Prince of Wales will be the that's the sole Group One on the Wednesday. You'll have a familiar face in uh, oh hello yeah some familiar faces in Adabe, uh potentially lining up if if um, if it's if there's some sort of rain about um, but state of rest Cox Plate winner he lines up in that um, it's been confirmed by Joseph O'Brien that that he'll be running there. He takes on uh, Lord North, who's won the Dubai Turf. He takes on Sharia, who won, won the Shima in Dubai as well. He's got Baybridge, who beat a day by about seven or eight lengths last time. Grand Glory, Group 1 winner in France. And you've got Broome for Aidan O'Brien as well. So it's a very, very strong field. Um, I'm sort of leaning towards the Japanese horse in Sharia. The only concern I have about him is, is the step down in trip from 2400 back to 2000 but if they go nice and hard which i think having broom in the field will will set that up then he's he's got to be the one that 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 i want to be on because baybridge i mean he beat a horse that wasn't fit and he beat a dave on a dry track last time out so yep. that, that's not elite form to be justifying a $2.20 quote in a group 1 against six group 1 winners so i'm i'm happy to have a little bit on delay uh, Bay Bridge, and, and back Shariar, and if State of Rest is still is still you know a fat price on the Betfair Exchange, close to jump at 7 or $8, then I'll have a bit of a nibble on him as well.
1: Now, we're about to go to the Gold Cup. The first at Swan Hill's about to go. Uh, Philadelphia free uh, off the text Jim and Kev. They're mates horse there. My numbers are going to be three, uh, 3, 5 and 11. You can go either of those. I think the winner comes from 3, 5 and 11. Uh, there don't ignore Classy Kenny either. But three, five, and eleven. Let's go to the Gold Cup, mate, on Thursday. How are you seeing this one?
2: Yeah, I absolutely adore Stradivarius. I mean, I've, I've been backing him for what feels like half my life now, because um, he's 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 an eight-year-old now. So and he's still an entire. So he's still he's still got the plums intact. They haven't been made into jam. Um, <laughs> he's uh, you know he's won this race three times. He's he's just a different animal. When it's rattling fast ground, just a completely different animal. When it's soft, his turner foot gets blunted. He paddles around in the wet, and he and he, he turns into a bit of a sort of a pack chaser. When it's drop, bone dry, he quickens off, and he's you know he's he's the only horse in the world that's capable of, of rattling off sub eleven section uh, sub eleven second sectionals over four thousand meters. You just don't see horses do that. And if it's nice and dry, like the forecast is predicting. I think you can get about $4.50 for him. I think he's, he's an outstanding bet because Truchan's been scratched on a dry track. Every time he's faced Stradivarius, he hasn't had the the bottle to take him on. And the only other horse that, that, that has any sort of hope uh, is, is Kyprios. And he's, he's beaten been bullying um, search for a song. Who's a, who's a washed up Irish mare, um And, and poor old sun Chart who's been used as a pacemaker for the last two years. So, and that's not form enough to win a Group 1, which is the proper staying test across the entire planet, which is the Ascot Gold Cup over 4,000 metres. Everything points to the horse that has done it three times before. that will get his conditions, gets Frankie Dettori again, as always. And his rivals have so many k- chinks in their armour.
1: Um, look, we're going to touch on the Commonwealth Cup and the Coronation Stakes now, uh, and just quickly. So when we come back from the break, Rory, we can go Platinum Jubilee for the two Australians, and then we'll and then we'll get your sort of top five or six bets for the carnival. So straight to the Commonwealth Cup quickly. Perfect Power, your favourite, five dollars. Twilight Jet eight, Slipstream nine twenty. El Caballo seven forty. Air Raz nine twenty. Wide open. This, which one are you liking?
2: Yeah, Perfect Power is a horse that they sent to the Guineas that should never have been sent there. He's a sprinter. Maybe gets a fourteen hundred, but he's an out-and-out sprinter. He's won here before. He's a multiple Group One winner. This this is his race. This is this is the race that I had marked out for him from a couple of months ago. And he's got to be a massive chance to win this. As long as he's drawn well, there shouldn't be anything getting near him. Um, the only thing that I can make a case for is, is El Caballo and Flow, who are two massively improving sprinters. But it's it's a different ball game at Group One level against a proper. Out and out, freak of a sprinter.
1: All right, let's go to the coronation stakes quickly. $3.20 Inspiral on Betfair, Three fifty five. dollars homeless songs, cachet $7.80, and then your double figures, the rest like Discoveries, and Mangosteen and Spenderella.
2: Yeah, this, this will be the race of the week for a lot of people uh, in the UK because you've got the English 1,000 guineas form, with the winner, you've got the Irish 1,000 guineas winner, you've got the French 1,000 guineas winner and some American Raiders. So it's, it's all sorts of international form tying into this. The key for me is, is Inspiral fully fit because she pummeled Cachet who won the two, so won the 1,000 guineas. She pummeled her by seven lengths last prep as a two-year-old. And then cachet came out and won the uh, 1,000 guineas with, uh, Prosperous Voyage in second. And both those horses were getting pumped by Inspiral last last prep. If she's fully fit, she wins. Homeless Songs doesn't go a yard on a dry track, so that's why she's drifted out from $2.20 out to $3.55. Yep. And Mangostine, the, the quality of the French form for me is is, is too closely tied to cachet. So I think uh, Inspiral, it will be way too good if she's fully fit.
1: Good to hear. Quick one off the text. Thoughts on loose sale in the St. James Palace. Overs at thirties and $5 worth a 1x4 bet from Sampa. Is about about right?
2: Yeah, de- definitely, definitely worth a place bet. The way he ran his race in the 2000 Guineas, where he completely blew the start, was enormous. Um, and he also ran in the wrong part of the track. So if he runs to that level of form and he jumps, he's got a massive chance of running a place. And I think with the favourite out market, which you can get on Betfair, which there'll be a lot of liquidity because it's Royal Ascot. Yep. He's one to back in the favourite out market and the place market.
1: All right. On the other side of this, Platinum Jubilee. That's ho- uh, Home Affairs and Artorious Race. And we're going to get your five best for the carnival. This is a Royal Ascot edition of the Sunday Betfair Edge. Your expert, Rory Flanagan, Miles Fitzner, back right after this. And don't forget, who will be crowned King of Ascot? Lay or back them on Betfair. Gamble responsibly.
0: You're listening to a special Royal Ascot edition of the Sunday Betfair Edge with Miles Fitzner and Rory Flanagan. Which Aussie will be crowned king of Ascot? Lay or back them on Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858.
1: Which Aussie will be crowned king? We're about to find out. Lay or back them on Betfair. Gamble responsibly. I've just poured myself a cup of tea. I've grabbed a scone. Rory. Right, now let's go straight to the Platinum Jubilee. We've got about seven or eight minutes Platinum Jubilee, and then your five best mates. So if you're sitting at home, wherever you are, right around the country, Betfair's a place to do it, and grab your pens, pencils, crayons, form guides, be ready. Platinum Jubilee, Home Affairs 510 currently, uh, Campanel 760 on the fair. Sacred $10, Highland Princess 13, Nature's Strip was still in there at 11s, Creative Force uh, 1350, Minzal 1350, Artorias 13s. Mm, juicy for mine, Rory.
2: Yeah, I'm actually happy to back three horses in this because it's it's going to be Market. a capacity field. Um and you want to make sure you've got proven proven track form. I think uh there's a stat where um six winners have previously contested a race at Royal Ascot. So six of the last 10 winners have previously contested a race at Royal Ascot the year before. Yep. So that that ties in Creative Force, Campanelle straight away. They both won there last year. Um and they're the two that I'm I'm quite keen on at uh Seven, eight, nine, ten dollars, and then also Artorius for uh, a bit of Aussie pride. I think if they're going nice and hard enough up front, especially with the Japanese horse engaged and a few others, a Highfield Princess as well, there should be a good, good clip. They'll start to cut up late, and and he'll have a sort of similar profile to uh, a horse called Dream of Dreams, who just basically burst through the middle of the pack late on, and um, and was a neck second, but atoned for it uh, later on when when winning, finally getting his group one. So I think Artorias fits that sort of sort of bill, picking up the pieces late on from Hot Speed. And creative force just loves the Ascot Hill. Loves it, loves it, loves it. And Campanel's obviously last year's Commonwealth Cup winner.
1: All righty, Rory, this is, uh, this is your time to shine. Now, if you miss any of these, you can find them. This episode will be podcasted. The tips will also go up on Essien Track and on Betfair, no doubt on the Hub at the Betfair website as well. And you can also follow Rory at Rory underscore Flanagan on Twitter. Uh, and he's got the blue tick there because he's a real bloody deal. Now, Rory, right, give us your five or six best, mate. Well, you need them and we need them now. And you've got about four minutes.
2: All right, I'll start from from sixth to first. So Nature Strip, obviously, on, on day one in uh, the King stand. Yep. Quite like him, in a you know three dollar figure. If you're taking three dollars, that's a good price for mine. Uh, the next one is Stradivarius in the Ascot Gold Cup. Uh, he's just the real deal, three time winner, and I can't really see anything getting near him. Um, next best after that is Emily Upjohn. If she takes her place, Ooh. she was a tragedy beaten in the in the uh, Oaks where she bombed the start hopelessly. Um, John Gosden's kept her in the Ribblesdale. So if she takes a place in the Ribblesdale, they won't get near her. But uh, if uh, if she doesn't take a place in the the, the Haggis Philly will be the, the next best horse in that, which I can't quite remember the name of. Uh, sea Silk Road, sorry, yeah, Sea Silk Road. So both of those horses, if they take their place in that, either one of them will win. Yep. Uh, noble Style on day one in the in the Coventry. Um, that horse came out and won at Ascot. And it was just electric. He's a, he's a son of Kingman, and he's built just like him. He's a he's got an electric turn of foot. The thing that excites me most about him is that the horse that he beat into second came out and won by seven lengths, and the horse he beat in fourth came out and won by six lengths. So the form is absolutely rock sol- rock solid, um, and he's already had a crack at the track. Whereas some of these other horses haven't; they've been running on flat tracks after that. What so sort of price we're getting there? I think you can get about four dollars fifty five dollars, and yep. that's that's. I'd be betting him down to $2.75. I, oh. I think he's... Hello. I think he is the real deal. I declared one similar a few years back. Some people might remember by the name of Pinatubo. Mm. Um, and I think he's in a similar vein as Pinatubo in terms of ability, just on what I've seen from their, from their debut.
1: So, well, essentially your third, second and first, I'm taking it. you're declaring then, if we start with Noble Styles. So your second best bet for the carnival. Second
2: best bet is in Spiral. Now, just on... on on ability and two-year-old form, she could win this if she's 85% fit. Yeah, um, She absolutely obliterated the two-year-old fillies division, and she just hasn't had a chance to, to show that, and uh, people are, are, are knocking her based on based on fitness for this prep. So if she comes out and she's 85% fit, she wins, because Homeless Songs doesn't handle a dry track, and it'll be dry. And our best bet for the week will be we go. perfect power. I... I love this race and I love this this price range. I think I had Golden Horde Golden Horde a couple of years ago. It was around the nine dollar mark. Campanelle last year eight dollars. Um, same sort of price this year five six dollars for Perfect Power. As long as he's drawn somewhere where he's either going to get cover or he's going to get the rail, they won't be beating him. And what sort what sort of price there? I think he's five dollars at the moment.
1: Oh, and that's your best bet. Yeah, and he I like this he.
2: He's just got different, a different gear when he hits a hill, when he hits rising ground. He's just got a different turn of foot to anything else in this field. There's some good sprinters. There's some smart, progressive, improving sprinters in this field, but he took a guineas path this year, so they've been kept out of the way of him, and I think that's why people are forgetting how good he is over a sprint distance, and that's why we're getting a price. So if, if he's all, if he needs a draw, if he gets a good draw, I'll be doubling my bet.
1: Do you have a uh, do you have a favorite to get beaten? Do you have a lay? Yep, yeah,
2: so I'll I'll talk about it on all the previews on the Betfair Hub, but where I'll I'll actually have written previews of about thousand thousand or fifteen hundred words every day. Um I actually think Golden Powell is is a cracking lay, and I also think Homeless Songs is another cracking lay. Both of those, um one of them, Golden Powell, he'll just stop like he's been shot at at the, the final fifty metres, hundred final hundred meters 100, final 100 meters and Homeless Songs just doesn't go a yard on dry. They've scratched there from dry track races.
1: That is the hub. Now, if you haven't been there, betfair.com.au forward slash hub. All the previews, everything goes up on there. They're even up there for today as well. You're going to get essays written on horses there with betting strategies, back lay and trading. Rory, you've been super, mate, coming in. I'll love, anytime you want to come in and do the Sunday edge with me, mate, more than welcome. Thanks so much for all your input uh, and all your information. All the socials go up and they can follow you on Twitter. Thanks, Miles. Rory Flanagan there, your UK expert. All thanks to Betfair. Royal Ascot special it was. Betfair edge Royal Ascot. Well, I'll tell you right now, which Aussie will be crowned king? It looks like Nature stripping and we We're having a little bit of a go. All those best bets, the best bet being perfect power. That's all we've got time for. All thanks to Betfair. On the other side of this, though, guess who? Six-time Group 1 winner, superstar, skipper, comes in for a big day. Swan Hill Cup. Absolute Cup at Cassidy and Racing, Hawkesbury, Sapphire Coast, Kalgoorlie, Sunshine Coast, Devonport, and guess what? Riven at Port Augusta on the dirt. Plenty more to come on a Sunday. We'll be back right
0: after this.